0: Hi and welcome to five clubs. My name is Emma Carpenter and today is a big day. I am so excited to be joining the five clubs team and about the direction that we're headed. Tune in every other week where I'm going to be bringing you guests from the world of college golf. Five clubs relationship with college golf is inspiring and I know you're going to enjoy the conversations that we're going to have right here about the sport we're all passionate about and that's the game of golf. Today, I'm coming to you from the beautiful state of Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities, home of the 3M Open. And let me tell you, I am living the dream. I am a junior on the women's golf team at the University of Minnesota, and I'm also a student journalist. You know, I thought, what better way to share my experience and my love for the game than to host this segment where I'm going to be sitting down with elite college players, coaches, and pros talking about the extreme influence that college golf has on the game in its entirety. With that being said, I am beyond excited to introduce my very first guest on my very first episode. This person is an extremely decorated college golfer, famously playing in his first U.S. Open when he was only 15. From USGA championships to Walker Cups to major championships, this guy knows how to golf his ball. currently a senior at the University of Texas, I am thrilled to introduce Cole Hammer. And with that, I welcome in Cole Hammer. Cole, how are you doing today?
1: Emma, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Just another day in the life. Happy Friday to you. It's going to be a good day.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yeah, glad to have you. I'm here having you on my first ever episode. So pretty exciting. Glad I, you're here.
1: I'm proud to be your first of many awesome episodes. So thanks for <laughs> choosing me. I don't know why you did, but thank you for having <laughs> me. For guest.
0: Well, thank you, Cole. So listen, so You've played two college tournaments so far this year. You had, um, you had a big year in 2021. Uh, end of 2020, you uh, won the South Beach International Am, uh, going into playing at the Walker Cup, your second Walker Cup, winning the Big 12 championship individually, U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, British Open, at and Byron Nelson at Craig Ranch. I mean, that sounds like a lot. <laughs>
1: It was a lot of golf. There's no question about it, but I wouldn't have traded it for anything. I remember going into the South Beach Am at the end of 2020. I was behind the eight ball trying to make that Walker Cup team, Um, and that had been a goal of mine since I was a really uh, young junior golfer simply because uh, Walker Cup at Seminole is about as good as it gets. And once I made that team, it was kind of a big sigh of relief and uh, had a, a really fun summer after that, that's for sure.
0: You're going into your final spring season. You're a senior. What are you looking forward to most in 2022 now that we're started up here?
1: Well, 2022 is is moving very quickly, probably a little faster than I had hoped. Um, You know, this is my last chance uh, to win a national championship um, as a team. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're counting down the days until June at this point. Uh, Hopefully we'll get... Um, a couple of our teammates back and healthy and be ready to roll come June. But um, it's just a, a ton of school and college golf coming up over these next couple of months. And um, we'll probably, probably won't have much time for a social life, but you know what, that's the way it goes.
0: Yeah, no, I I know it all too well. I do. So, and, and so I understand that you took a break uh, this winter. That's right. Between um, October was, was the last time October was the last time that you played an event and then it was uh it was in late January the first college event of the spring that you started up is that correct
1: that that's correct it was a it was a long break to say the least um I I'd never really taken a break that long before um I'd always tried to find something to play in over winter break and uh this year I just wanted to try something different because uh the world amateur golf ranking doesn't doesn't matter as much now that I'm turning professional after, uh, the season's over. Um, it's just more about PGA tour you right now. So, uh, I just decided that there really wasn't a point in playing in an amateur tournament over the break, um, and wanted to work hard on my swing and, um, get in the gym and do everything I could to be fully healthy and prepared for the spring season. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I did it. It was different. I, I took a couple of weeks off right after, um, our last tournament in October. And, uh, did some thinking, tried to figure out what I needed to get better at for the next season and where I needed to get more comfortable. And, um, you know, I think I accomplished a lot of that over the break. Uh, and you know, it's been, it, it did feel like a long time. I will say that though.
0: Your wagger ranking is, uh, pretty dang good. So I wouldn't say that's a concern. Um, <laughs> but so overall you, you'd say it was pretty beneficial then, huh?
1: I, I do. I think Uh, everybody who does, uh, you know, something as a profession for a long period of time needs some kind of a break, whether that's a vacation or, um, just a, a week to themselves just to regroup and refresh, hit the refresh button. And, um, I think that's what I did. And, you know, honestly, moving forward, I'll probably do it every year, not to the extent that I did it this year, but at least put the clubs in the closet for a week or so um just to get a new perspective on the game because sometimes as you know it can be a grind um and it's just always about finding the the joy in the game and and the fun in it as well
0: I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about your recruitment process so I know that um so you committed when you were in eighth grade is that right
1: that's right that is some good info finding right there
0: (laughs) I gotta get it dialed Cole Um, but (laughs) so
1: sorry that's for sure
0: (laughs) So, um, so you committed when you were in eighth grade. I mean, how soon, how soon did you know that, that you wanted to play for UT? And was it, was it coach fields? Was it always a dream school? I mean, you're from Houston. So just tell me a little bit about that.
1: So, I mean, I was born in 99 and one of my first sports memories was Vince Young winning the national championship or Texas winning the national championship with Vince Young in 2005. And, uh, I think that started my love for Texas and Texas sports. Um, my dad went to graduate school here in Austin. Uh, so it was always kind of in the family. We always watched the football games, whatever baseball. Um, and I played a lot of baseball growing up And Texas has always historically been a great baseball school. And then, uh, I, I, threw in the towel, um, for baseball and I went full steam ahead with golf and, um, And 2012 is when Spieth and company won the national championship here. And that was when I, you know, first started to think about college. And uh, a couple of years after that, just made the decision that I wanted to go to Texas um, and join a a program with the storied history that it it has. And Coach Fields was, you know, instrumental in that process and still is to this day and um, wouldn't be here without him. But I looked at Texas and SMU, um, at the time I knew I wanted to stay in Texas and I haven't regretted that decision one time.
0: That's awesome. No, SMU's got a great campus too. I, I, uh, spent a lot of time, uh, on that campus as well. That place is great too. But Jordan, Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth, I am such a big fan. I named my dog after Jordan Spieth. Is that weird?
1: Uh, that's not weird at all. <laughs> that's like I mean, people naming their dogs Hogan after Ben Hogan.
0: Right. I mean, Hey, maybe in just a few years, people will be naming their dogs Hammered. I, I think that sounds good.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I love that, but I think I have a long way to go before that happens.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, so, and I want to hear, um, so you said Coach Fields was instrumental in that recruitment process. Since you've gotten to school, I mean, he's been there, I believe this is his 24th year. He's been there a long time. He's coached Speed, Scotty Scheffler. Did you congratulate Scheffler, by the way?
1: I did. I sent him a text. Oh man, I was so happy for him. That was awesome.
0: That was fun to watch for sure. But so, so what's been your favorite thing about um, or what's been the, the biggest thing that uh, coach Fields has taught you that you would say has kind of maybe been a, a turning point for you, if anything.
1: Um, I remember coming into school and I had, had a lot of success my senior year in high school and the summer after, right before I, started my freshman year and I remember coming in and I played really well my freshman year and moving into my sophomore year I think life kind of hit me pretty hard with just school and um, golf and other things and I, I started to struggle a little bit and Coach Fields just you know called me into his office and sat I me down. I was like look you know school and life not everything's going to go perfect you just got to push through and um, he's always just been there for me almost as like a second dad um, we call him kind of like a big teddy bear because he looks intimidating on the outside, but on the inside, he's just total fluff ball. But anyways, uh, he's been, he's been great. I mean, I can't pinpoint one thing that he's taught me other than that, you know, just keep pushing forward and uh, working as hard as you can. And hopefully things will work out for the best.
0: Coaches are so important, especially with the team being so small, you know, a coach, the relationship that you have with your coaches is really important and really makes your college experience. In my opinion, I'm lucky enough. I got two really great coaches that I've grown really close with and, and they're life mentors as well. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, if you're not happy with your coaches, you'll, you'll be pretty miserable. Yeah. So it's definitely nice to be on the other side of that coin.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's some of my biggest advice that I give to to anyone uh, being recruited to play college golf. I I always say, make sure you've got a great relationship, that you're building a great relationship with um, the coach for sure what you're most famous for is playing in a U.S. open when you're only 15 at Chambers Bay. And that, that would have been a year, year and a half after you committed to play for UT. Tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: Goodness gracious. Well, it feels like a lifetime ago, to be honest, the amount of golf that I've played since then is, is wild. Um, but that U S open set me up for all the golf that I have played since um, got me exposure into different, you know, tournaments afterwards, but Flashback to 2015, I hadn't played in any big tournaments per se, even big junior tournaments. I was uh, still floundering around in uh, South Texas playing in uh, junior tournaments and, um, you know, made the decision to sign up for a U.S. Open qualifier just because, you know, I had heard stories of kids doing it just for fun. Um, but at the time I was playing really well and thought, well, you never know, you might maybe in local qualifying, go out and shoot a good number and get into sectionals, who knows? And wow. so, uh, I, yeah, I ended up making it through locals, had a tournament, right? before sectionals it was like a junior PGA qualifier and I won it. And so I had, I was riding high, had a lot of confidence and got off to a great start in the qualifier at Northwood and then. Kind of carried it over i remember uh looking at the leaderboard after the first round of the qualifier and uh seeing that i was in the lead and i could not eat my lunch <laughs> I was so nervous for the second round and then buried the first hole and ended up qualifying and oh my gosh what an experience it was i mean going from playing in a junior tournament to a major championship is quite the jump and uh i i definitely did not w- know what i was in for because I really hadn't been to any professional tournaments as a spectator and to go, you know, jump into a major championship as a player was uh, was unexpected to say, to say the least. And I definitely learned a lot from the experience, but it was it was a bit of a circus. I didn't exactly know what I was doing. You know, all the USGA check in fans, how am I supposed to sign this, sign that? Where do I walk? <laughs> Where do I put my credential? But People was,
0: asking for autographs? You
1: know, do what?
0: Were people asking you for autographs?
1: Yeah, they oh. definitely were. And I had to figure out a signature pretty quickly. I did not know <laughs> how to sign my name. I mean, I barely knew cursive. I was that. just
0: going to say you probably learned cursive a few years yeah, before. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, yeah, I, I definitely I signed a few things. Um, people asked me some hammer time questions and uh, Coach Fields actually came out and watched me play. Uh, how could he not? four years younger or four years before I ever stepped foot on campus. So, uh, man, what a, it was, it was awesome, but it does feel like a long time ago.
0: That's so cool. Well, I feels like a long time ago, you're playing in major championships and, and here you are still an amateur. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, you, with all of your accolades, I mean, last year alone, you played in three major championships and the Byron Nelson with your teammate Pearson Cutie, Right. So, I mean, why, why come back? Why not just turn professional?
1: That's a great question. Um, it's definitely enticing to, uh, to see, well, it's enticing to turn pro because it we, we see guys that we competed with in college, like Victor, Colin, Matt have so much success early on. Um, but you know what, there's one huge reason that I think Pierce and I both came back, um, we came so close our freshman year to winning a national championship, losing in the finals at Stanford. Uh, that It was just a total gut wrench. I mean, I remember just being absolutely, I felt like I was just hit from the back and could barely get back up again afterwards. So I think
0: it's harder when it's a team, right? Oh my gosh. It's completely
1: different. Yeah. Even though golf's an individual sport, once you get into the match play like that and uh, you're fighting, you know, for lack of better words for your life. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you lose. And so I think everybody on the, on the team wanted to make sure that never happens again. Uh, and we just wanted to stick around to, uh, give ourselves one last shot at winning a national championship and, you know, being in, in college in Austin is not a bad gig either. Um, you know, if you can't f- have fun in Austin, you probably can't have fun anywhere. Uh, so, you know, I think that was a big part of, of uh, sticking around and um, just being a part of – or just being a kid for one more year and before, uh, you know, pulling the trigger to turn pro. I've heard a lot of guys say that the tour will always be there, um, but you only get four years in college one time. And um, like I said, it was definitely – on my mind, it was definitely, uh, something that I thought about, but at the end of the day, it was, uh, a fairly easy decision to come back and try to do it one more time with the guys. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, playing in college is such, such a unique experience and being able to go to practice every day with your buddies and, and compete against each other. It's, it's the best. And I'm sure, you know, when you were playing, uh, in that national champ- championship that lost to Stanford, like something that you can't really describe, but you can feel playing in team college golf. I feel like is there's just like a feeling like momentum when your teammates are playing well, like you can totally feel it. Do you feel like you feel so or?
1: Oh, there's a buzz. There's no question. Yeah. And I mean, whoever's playing in front of you and whoever's playing behind you, it's interesting to see their, uh, their body language and yeah. uh, the way they move. When guys have a pep in their step, you're not, you, I mean, you can infer that everything's going well. And uh, so it's definitely easy to get a sense. And then when the coaches walk around and they're in a good mood, then you know, something's something's going in the right direction.
0: Oh yeah. Co- coaches are even the, the bigger giveaway. I feel like <laughs> yeah,
1: it's hard. It's really hard for them to keep a poker face.
0: I, mean, it's so, it's I definitely so wouldn't
1: tough. be able to do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so true. Um, do you feel like, um, I know, so I actually played, I played on the boys team in high school Oh, wow. Uh, and then, yeah. So coming to college, that was my first time playing on a, on a girl's golf team. And it's, it's funny. It's very different. Um, there's like, there's some pros and cons, I guess you could say there's great things that I enjoyed about both that I enjoy about both. I mean, I loved both, but yeah, I feel, I feel like when I played with guys, they were a lot more vocal, a lot more, um, uh, had more, exaggerated body language when <laughs> when making a mistake as opposed to girls <laughs> what do you think you think that when your teammates are playing well or when the guys you're playing with are, are struggling that they're that they're really I, I think nasty?
1: it's very I think it's very fair to say that we have a short fuse <laughs> yeah. um, and it is not hard to light that fuse um, Yeah, you know, I had a at one point early on when I was when I was a kid I, I had a little temper I and mean, I think everybody goes through that stage but um, it's funny, uh, I'm glad there's not too many microphones out there in college golf because, uh, <laughs> there would be some, uh, probably a little bit of controversy from some, from some people, but it's, uh, you know, we all handle ourselves well at the end of the day. It's just, I think it's a little, a little different than the girls game, even though I haven't been around all the permits too much.
0: Right, right. I, yeah, it's a game of honor, right? We've all got a responsibility and we're all representing universities too. Like that's the biggest thing to remember. Like when you're wearing the logo, you can't be, there's just some stuff you can't be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. No question about it. I guess I was referring to, you know, our practices more so than when we're playing on courses, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah def- definitely. Well, for sure. So um, I know we've been talking kind of a lot about this. What do you think that you're going to miss the most about playing for college, playing for a team?
1: Um, well, it, I, I think one thing that I'll miss is just having a, a stable group of guys that I'm around every day. Um, because I've heard that once you get out on tour, you know, if you're caddy, um, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, you're a few friends that you you travel around with, but other than that, um, you're kind of on your own and thrown out into the real world, trying to make a living and, uh, doing, but the great thing is we're doing what we love. So, I think the one, you know, there's two things that I'll miss. One, the team aspect, just being around a group of guys every day, playing with them, doing whatever, ping pong. And then the second aspect is, um, you know, all my friends here at, at Texas um, that, oh. you know, I won't be around anymore. It'll be a, a kind of a long distance you know, phone relationship, per se.
0: Yeah. So,
1: um, those are the two things I'll miss, but it, they're worth giving up for the next step
0: yeah and I mean the good friends when once you see them again you'll pick up right where you left off you know yeah exactly exactly so um something I wanted to to ask you about um a new change in college golf for for all college sports for both you and I too is is NIL this summer that changed um I feel like in in my personal opinion I feel like it's kind of like people might've had an idea that it was going to be a little bigger than it was, especially uh, for golfers. I know that some of like, you know, uh, quarterbacks or, or really well-known athletes that in high revenue sports at big colleges are, are really taking advantage of that. But I mean, what do you think about it? I know at first you were, you were excited about it, but do you think that that's changed at all or is it still the same?
1: Well, I still think we're in our guinea pig year. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean, I think it's great, honestly, um, wouldn't change a thing. I think, uh, athletes should be paid based on their name, image, and likeness, um, just for what they do for the school. Um, and you know, they're, they're out on stage all the time. Uh, so I do think it's a good thing, obviously, um, sports like golf and rowing or, something like that where where our exposure is very limited compared to football basketball and and baseball Um, but so I mean it's only fair I mean that's the way our economy works Um, the more eyeballs the more money and so uh, I think it's only fair that the football players are getting paid that uh, or paid what they are and um, you know NIL is not necessarily going to be life-changing for golfers um, but luckily you know if we have success there, there is money on the other side, um, on the professional side. Uh, so I don't know if that money will ever, will ever trickle down into the college ranks. I just, I doubt it because there's not enough exposure. Um, but guys are, um, doing NIL deals, just smaller, um, shorter term, uh, deals with these companies, but you have know, you anything. I do. I have one, uh, partnership, um, fairly recently it's just a, it's a uh, energy drink um from optimum optimum nutrition it's like an orange energy drink that's honestly really really good and nice. we started working together like a month ago maybe and uh but that's the only one that i've done and probably the only one that i will do um considering i have three months left <laughs> of, uh college so um yeah it's been fun to see how it's impacted people but the guys in the golf world you know our lives haven't changed
0: Yeah. I mean, and you've got some, you've got some big endorsements in your future. So (laughs) yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. And Hey, I mean, college golf is definitely getting some more, some more exposure. Now college golf is on TV now more than ever. It's definitely up and coming. Women's golf is so up and coming. Um, so it's, it's really exciting for all of us, for sure. Um, you know, that being said, your presence on social media, I came across, I came across your TikTok. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I saw a video on there. So I saw, and then I saw on Instagram, you've got a series of, of videos on Instagram of you like hitting those trick shots across, or is that in your backyard across the pool?
1: That is in my backyard, yeah. And it was <laughs> it was a total accident that um, I came up with the idea for those skip shots. I uh, accidentally hit one in the pool and it hopped out and, st- and spun a bunch. And I was like, huh, well, Maybe during quarantine, while I'm stuck at home for, you know, a month, I might as well give something a shot because I was bored out of my mind. So uh, I had all the time in the world to go sit out there and um, bake in the sun and try to figure out a few trick shots.
0: No, yeah. No, that's hilarious. They, they checked up, like they nipped.
1: <laughs> um, fully, fully nipped. The, the one that like hooked out of the water was the hardest one because it had like top spin almost.
0: It wasn't really the physics
1: behind it. It was pretty wild.
0: But, yeah, it's like like one hop, nip, trickle in the front edge. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. It took, it took, I, I think I did four of them and it took about two and a half hours. So <laughs> I was gonna ask balls. how many
0: tries it took. A lot of
1: golf balls in the pool. Um, yeah, so I, I had a lot of cleaning up to do. Luckily, I didn't break any
0: windows. So Something else that I wanted to that I wanted to talk to you about. You mentioned that you have a couple teammates who are not playing right now. Are you referring to Pearson and Parker Cootie
1: I am. Yeah,
0: I I I heard. I read that they hurt their arms at a post workout race.
1: Yeah, I mean you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what happened. Um, Just details. It was a four on four relay race, and the cooties were the anchors and unfortunately the wall uh the wall was a little bit closer than they thought and they hit it really hard
0: and, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so i should not be laughing i'm sorry no I- it's
1: crazy they're they're very competitive and it's just
0: uh what a freak accident
1: lose. yeah so it's crazy i mean they broke their own in the same spot but they're you know they're recovering and uh parker will be back next week for a tournament in vegas and then pearson's okay. a little bit behind him but hopefully okay. we're all ready to go by. Um, postseason
0: good gosh that's too bad what a shame that that happened no kidding post workouts we have we have a different kind of energy i swear <laughs> probably the the pinnacle of your amateur career hopefully in addition to a national championship is gonna, is playing in in two walker cups right i mean how how fun how fun is that playing your first one at royal liverpool in england uh, next one you played in was at Seminole. Um, h- I mean, how was that experience?
1: Well, fun is a great way to describe it. Um, <laughs> also extremely nerve wracking is another way to describe it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure, but I'm sure. Representing your country in any way is always a special experience. But um, like you said, the pinnacle of amateur golf is the Walker cup and I mean to hear hear your name called as you know Cole Hammer representing the United States of America um, play away is pretty is a pretty wild thing to hear and it gives you chills um, when you're over the ball even and I remember this year at Seminole I was just shockingly nervous I was like more nervous than any T shot or any shot at a major championship um,
0: really wow oh my
1: gosh yeah it's just a it's a different feeling and you're with a group of guys that uh, of your peers who, and you want to play well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for your country. Uh, so
0: yeah, no. there's,
1: there's a lot that goes into Walker cup. And, um, I think the, the coolest part is the camaraderie, uh, the team room atmosphere, going out there and fighting with your, with your brothers almost. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a long week that goes by and about feels like 30 minutes. Yeah. um uh, it's it we you know this year we stayed at the the breakers in palm beach and we'd go to the beach after every day and <laughs>
0: oh, that's so felt, felt like it was it was like
1: a long spring break in the middle of in the middle of school so
0: yeah yeah that's that is so cool and y- you played really well you actually you played uh doubles match against my against my friend angus my good friend angus uh, yeah. yeah yeah so he, he he was here last year he played for minnesota Um he's doing well, but
1: Angus Angus is a great kid. Oh my god. It's it's impossible to be around him and not start laughing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a really, really good guy.
1: I do remember that match. He uh he put up a really good fight. Davis and I had to play really well. I think I think we ended up tying that match.
0: Yep, that one was halved. That one was
1: was halved. We had a nice little lead there and then coughed it up at the end, unfortunately. I
0: think I think Angus made a birdie on the last. He, uh, some kind of crazy putt or something. Sounds like him.
1: Yeah, probably. So I think, I think, well, I think we ended up making like a six, honestly.
0: Oh, yeah. It uh, happened. It happened. He, he taught me how to chip actually. Didn't really. (laughs) Yeah, no, he did.
1: Well, those guys from across the pond know how to do that. So.
0: (laughs) Indeed. For sure. For sure. All right, cool. I want to wrap it up here. Um, I got, Five clubs, five questions for you to to round out uh, the first episode. So, first question: What is the worst food you've ever tried?
1: Oh, cheese! I hate cheese. It's not even what. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird fetish. But the craziest part is like, I hate cold cheese, but I'll eat pizza and queso and cheeseburgers. So like, I will not touch cheese on a sandwich, but or like a like a cheese board or something like that. I don't know. I, I could talk about this. Not a time.
0: charcuterie fan. Do what? You're not like a charcuterie board fan. No, then?
1: absolutely not. You couldn't pay <laughs> me enough to eat that.
0: No way. Are you kidding me?
1: It's weird. It's weird. I know. I'm. Uh, yeah. People. So tell you wouldn't me do
0: I'm like it, like you're, you're at a tournament and coach comes up with like a pub sub. You're not.
1: Oh, I'm taking that cheese off so fast.
0: <laughs> no way. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Second question, do you have any uh, superstitions, golf superstitions?
1: Um, I would like to say no, but I always start off the first round with a Titleist 1, and I don't know why. That
0: totally counts.
1: But then I I don't really care after that. I I don't have a specific ball marker I use. Um, I used to. I used to think that – um, if I use this ball marker, I'd, you know, play well, whatnot. Like, I, I remember when I was really little before I understood that, you know, superstitions probably don't change the outcome of a day. I would, uh, like be cognizant of where I'm walking and stuff like that. It was just wild.
0: But yeah, totally.
1: Superstition definitely plays a part in sports and, uh, golfers are, um, superstitious people by nature.
0: Yeah, no, I, I same way when I was younger. I was way more superstitious before I basically proved them all wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you, once just- you play
1: enough bad golf with that superstition, you realize that, okay, it's probably not superstition.
0: Right. Yeah. I just, I just missed the four footer. So I'm going to guess that that wasn't the, the ball mark. Exactly. Ball mark. <laughs> no, actually though, just last week, um, I was like having a pretty good day at, at UCF UCF tournament And my assistant coach is walking with me and we get up. We're like towards the end of the round and I'm like playing pretty well. And I'm like, Oh shoot coach. Like I dropped my ball marker. I think it's pretty lucky. He turned around and he started searching for it. I kid you not. He started walking back up the fairway.
1: We actually, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Golfers are a different breed.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he's the best, but we didn't find it by the way, but it's okay. (laughs)
1: How'd you finish off the round?
0: Um, I mean, I shot 69, but I three-putted the last hole probably because I didn't have that marker.
1: Oh, definitely. The marker would have made all the difference. Right. Come on, coach. You got to find that thing.
0: I know. I know.
1: What's this fool paying him for?
0: Exactly. I mean, that's what I was thinking. But all right. Third question. Do you have a relationship deal breaker? Like if you were to go on a date and and like a first date and someone did something and you're like, nope, immediately, no, can't do it.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I think on a first date, uh, the deal breaker, which I mean, maybe it's a little petty, but if the person's on their phone the whole time,
0: that's a good one. uh,
1: I just can't deal with it. I think it's just not very, um, you know, not very respectable, to be honest. I mean, uh, well, respectful of other people and their time. So I, I think that that I'd probably throw that one out the window pretty quick.
0: That's a great one. That is a really good one. All right. Uh, number four, what is a sport that you struggle with slash maybe a sport that you, uh, like not, if it wasn't golf, a sport that you'd love to be good at. Oh,
1: uh, well, um, my favorite sport other than golf is baseball. I played it growing up. Um, you know, I'm sure I'd be super rusty now, but I mean, I would, I would play baseball in a heartbeat if I could, uh, but I'm, I'm not, I don't have the build for it. And I definitely, um, don't have the skill for it anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but then, I mean, as far as being terrible at a sport that I like, it's hockey. I think hockey is very interesting and, um, I don't know a whole lot about it. It's fun to watch. It's so fast paced, but I mean, I mean, I couldn't, I skate two feet without falling on my face. So, (laughs) Uh, I guess that's one where I really respect what they're able to do out there on the ice.
0: Oh yeah, hockey's huge up here. Go for hockey is a big deal.
1: Yeah, well, we don't. Well, like growing up in Houston, we we don't have a team. We used to have the Houston arrows but mm-hmm. they're not existent anymore. So I wish Houston would get an N- a-, a-, a NHL team.
0: Yeah, yeah. NHL,
1: you know, team will listen to this and think about throwing a team in Houston.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Fifth and final question, if you could play a round of golf with anyone, dead or alive, and anyone, who would it be and where would it be?
1: Dead they don't even dead.
0: have to be a golfer, I guess, because you have probably played with almost anybody that you could want to as a golfer, but. Hmm.
1: Well, as cliche as it is, I think I would say Arnold Palmer. Ah, nice. Uh, He, I mean, like Tiger, well, before Tiger, he transcended the game. So, and he had such a vibrant personality and really embraced the fans and everybody who supported him. And I think that's a quality that everybody should aspire to. And um, so I would love to spend – four hours or, you know, hopefully walk a little slow and spend five uh, with him and just pick his mind uh, about how he goes about the game and uh, just life in general. I think he uh, he's definitely someone to look up to.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I mean, along with that, that was the fifth, fifth and final question, but I wanted to ask, is that a player that you would kind of try to emulate? Is there a player role model for you um, to uh, look up to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Palmer's game other than the fact that he was super aggressive, kind of Phil Mickelson-like, and loved. Uh, he had a flair for the dramatic. And, um, you know, I'd love to have something like that, uh, you know, be a part of my game. Uh, but as far as, like, modeling my game after someone, I really don't try to do that because, uh, I mean, I can't hit my driver like Rory McIlroy. Uh you know, there's a lot of there's things that I can do well, and there's things that I I don't do as well. So I think there's, you know, parts of people's games that I really admire and w- want to work to um, be more like. Uh, but you know, as far as a, a full game, I I think I just I'm better off just doing my own thing and creating my own uh, image.
0: Well, good good for you. That's awesome. That's a great answer. I mean. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's going to have like their strengths and their things that they need to work on. Right. So it's about, it's about knowing where you pick up those strokes and, and what you need to work on. So. Yeah.
1: And golf's a game of misses, right? Not everything's going to go your way.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Cole, thank you so much for, for coming on here today with on my first ever episode. Um, I had a great time talking to you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Emma. I uh, can't wait to watch all your episodes in the future. This is, a, this is a fun start. What a cool gig you got going here.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, and good luck with the rest of your season too.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully it gets off to a good start here.
0: Thanks so much again to my very first guest, Cole Hammer. It is obvious why he has been so successful in his career and will be successful in the future. So I will see you on the next episode of Five Clubs and thank you for listening today.